Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Every 5,000 years, when the three planets are in eclipse, the black hole like a door is open. Evil comes, spreading terror and chaos. There's nothing that can stop this. There is only one thing. Four elements gathered around a fifth. We're sending somebody in to negotiate! Anybody else want to negotiate? Where did he learn to negotiate like that? I wonder. Lilu Dallas Multipass. We need to find the leader. Mangalores won't fight without the leader. For me, it's not loaded. <laughs> you mean it's not loaded? Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. I'm Colt Movie Mark. Colt Movie Mark is here, which means it is movie cocktail time. So Rob's not here. Uh, we seem to be losing someone just about every time we do a movie cocktail. He actually opened a package. Turned out it was SARS inside of it. You guys remember when that was a thing? When, like, opening packages and it had white dust in it? Mm-hmm. like, ah, SARS! SARS, yep. everybody! Yep. That's a thing. Those are the good old days. Those are the good yeah. old days when you couldn't even open your mail in safety. <laughs> I remember waking up in the morning and like the morning news would be like, hey, man, what's the terrorist threat level today? Orange? All right, then. Yep, we're good. <laughs> Looks like I'm venturing outside. <laughs> Just don't open the mail. Still open the mail. Yeah. Oh, back in high school. Oh, God. So this time around, we are doing 90s action. So uh, that was the category that we voted on, that, that everyone voted on on Twitter. This was big. It was. And the thing that, that, that gets me is like this was a very broad topic that, that, we, that we got to pick movies for. Like literally – Dozens of movies we could have picked. So I think next time around when 90s action comes up, we're going to have to like narrow its mm-hmm. theme down a little bit. Uh, but obviously ones that didn't win will will be able to be renominated. Any movies that win movie cocktail can never be renominated because what's the point of making two cocktails for the same movie? Exactly. So the th- four movies that were put up for vote were T2, Judgment Day. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, all right. The Rock. The Rock. Losers talk about doing the best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Marla was the prom queen. <laughs> we can the, still do our impressions. Yeah, that's true. The Fifth Element. Lilu Motipas. <laughs> and Under Siege. Um, uh, real fat. <laughs> <laughs> Ta- yeah, taekwondo. definitely says taekwondo. <laughs> uh, uh, I, he wasn't I, fat yet. Uh, I refused to fight Wayne from the countdown pod. <laughs> he, he, was, he was a little overweight, maybe. Check out my rat tail. <laughs> no, that's out for justice. That's what he had the rat tail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By by under siege, he had cut that off. <laughs> <laughs> or the movie that he dies within 30 seconds in. What's what's oh, what's that uh, one? Executive Decision. Executive yeah. Decision, that's right. Yeah, uh, and he still wanted to be billed over top of Kurt Russell in that one. He wanted top billing in that movie. Fucking ridiculous. That that guy. 
That guy. That guy. Anyway. Legend. So so out of these four movies, Terminator, Judgment Day, The Rock, Fifth Element, and Under Siege, uh, in dead last was Under Siege with 5%. uh, No surprise there. Uh, In third place was The Rock. A little surprise there. I I I am. That's a... That I thought is, that was a beloved movie. It is. It is extremely it is. beloved. But unfortunately, like going like, up against you know it, me, T two and right, me and Jay put put juggernauts. You out put there. yeah, definitely. Uh, well, when you had a broad category like yeah, this, you just yeah. had to throw out some head. You guys went sci-fi. So, you went sci-fi. We, well, you go you go big. That's yeah. where I I've always bent. I've always bent to the sci-fi cool. side. Uh, and Jay, uh, with his big dick in the race, was Terminator Two: Judgment Day, mm. and uh, the winner Arnold Dick right there. The, I, thought was, I thought it was a lock. The yeah. winner was the Fifth Element. So Fifth Element wins with forty-two percent of the votes to Binaries. Terminator Terminator Ju- Terminator Two Judgment Day, thirty-nine percent of the that votes. That was a close one, though. It was actually a dead heat for almost an entire day. They were both at forty percent, and it was kind of uh, it was kind of tight. It was mm. super tight uh, when it first started out. The Fifth Element went out in the lead hugely, like right off the bat, and then well, it lost all of its votes. It's a beloved film, and yeah. it's not talked about very often, and it's one of those kind of little niche little films that it's not in the zeitgeist anymore. So, so it's a one-off, right? So something there was no I sequel. I always ask people to comment and stuff like that on it, on, on what movie and why. Most people just say the name of the movie and throw up a gift. Some people say why, um, but in, in a few discussions, that's what I said. The reason The Fifth Element is on there is because it's not talked about that much, but Terminator 2 Judgment Day, I can point to almost every <clears> movie <throat> podcast, and they've done it at mm-hmm. some point. Because it's a, a perfect movie. Oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a action perfect movie. action movie. Yeah. It's a perfect action movie. And you can watch that and then go watch Terminator Which Dark is, Fate. And be okay mm-hmm. with Terminator Dark Fate, but still go, yeah, it just, yeah. it's just you can I, never it, do it again. Honestly, I'm kind of glad we're not talking about it because it is one of those perfect movies and I don't really know what we would say about it. Yeah. It's just kind of... Is great. Other than um, gush over it the entire yeah. time. Which there's, we're gonna do a little with this one, but well, there's a lot yeah. to chew on with yeah. the, with the fifth element. So right. we're gonna we're gonna start off uh, with you, Jay, because this is your category. You got to go first. The fifth element, man. First time you saw it. What you think of it now? Going back to it. What you got? First time I saw this movie, I was blown away by the comedy, the visuals. And the sexiness of it all—it's just—it's—it's it's a weird little sexy kind mm. of film. Well, Luc Besson. So that's is, what you're into, Jay. Well, I was in middle school when this came out. <laughs> Luc Besson so, is, is French, I believe, so right. he just oozes with sex appeal at all times. Well, he oozes. Yeah. Well, Milo Djokovic was was very sexy. At yeah. The time. That's like and before we started recording, my my wife or Mark asked like whether whether Luc Besson was was uh, me too, and it's just like oh, he's French, so of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, pretty sure every Frenchman has been me too at some point at that. By now, <laughs> and and you know, with just, just like him, with sex appeal, yeah, like, like Chris Tucker's like craziness, yeah. his humor was so great. I loved Hot! him at the time, <laughs> and, and just but like little silly stuff, like his little sex scene with one of the stewardesses, and like you know Bruce Willis being Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> And it just had a great, great supporting cast. I mean, Gary Oldman did not look like Gary Oldman. Or sound like Gary Oldman. Or sound like Gary Oldman. He didn't talk like Gary Oldman (laughs) either. No, he did not. He he talked with this southern draw like that. And I was like, that is Jim Gordon. (laughs) Wild. (laughs) That's Jim Gordon with a stupid plastic toupee on top of his head. It's Jim Gordon. But you know, just you know, you know, Ian Holmes in it. He's you know, father. He, he's he's. Can solid. we address the elephant in the room? The fact that Gary Oldman has an elephant in his drawer. <laughs> like, what the 
Does anyone remember that? What? No. Yeah, he has an elephant. <laughs> He's got a little like elephant. Wait, alien I do remember something inside of his drawer. <laughs> Wait, explain, I don't that. explain this. I might have to look this up now. At the- at the point where like he, he's receiving phone calls from like the evil entity and stuff like that and he's meeting he's meeting with those dudes and telling them to go find Corbin and to go pretend to be Corbin <clears throat> and stuff like that to to get the tickets. He's like opening up his drawers and stuff at the desk and there's like this like it looks like Max Rebo, but it's like a pinkish elephant like creature with like kind of like blue bluish hues. Oh, okay, to it. I know you're talking. Yeah, about. and that's in the literally that's fifth in element desk. elephant creature is what came up. Yeah, and, it, and a picture of it. Yeah. For some reason, like I thought it was gonna be like like the Flintstones. With, yeah, <laughs> with John Goodman. It's eleven. It's eleven. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be like the animals talk. <laughs> this is actually a cool looking elephant. Whatever it is. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, but anyway, I ran the on. Obviously, that's just one of the weird little things. In yeah, none of yeah. the elephant in the room has been addressed. Thank you, Jack. Yes. <laughs> it was certainly a cool film, and I still high, hold it to a high regard. And I was happy that I lost to this movie. All right, fair enough, Mark. I uh, so yeah, this movie is. I hadn't seen it when I was younger, but it was one of those movies that was always talked about. Uh, and and admit it, you thought T <clears> two <throat> was going to win so hard that you actually didn't watch. All right, you, you, you <laughs> outed me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have seen this movie. It's yeah, been obviously. it's been some time, uh, but yeah, it took me a while to see it. But you know, whenever sci fi movies were brought up, people would say Fifth Element. You got to check it out. So eventually, I did, and I yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's visually stunning. Uh, there's some really great stuff in there. It's funny. Uh, and then you have obviously Chris Tucker, who's like just very Chris Tucker in the movie. Mm-hmm. So great. And over the top and <laughs> crazy. Perfect. Um, so oh my just- God. <laughs> that was the best recording of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so lots to like in this movie. Um, and it's very like unique and like, lots of cool ideas going on. We'll talk about some of the uniqueness and like the behind the scenes stuff where we get into like Luke yeah. Passan and like his direction for this and where he came up with a lot of these mm-hmm. ideas. Uh, so my confession time, this was actually my first time seeing this movie beginning to end. Really? So I've seen this movie. Okay. 600 times <laughs> like in, yeah, in on tv I, you know i've seen it in all of its clips and if i put that all together i've seen it for the sum of yeah. all of its parts but mm-hmm. this is the first time i've watched it beginning to end mm-hmm. um and there's been times where i've seen the the prologue to it everything that happens in 1914 yeah. with luke perry and right. i've seen that a bunch of times never knew that that was part of this movie okay <laughs> Yeah, it almost feels like it's from a different We've scene. Seen that a dozens bit. of times. Yeah. Uh, and that, that that's with the uh Mono Sharwins. Uh M- Mono Sharwins. That's that I like to refer to them as like the, the space mighty ducks because they come down, <laughs> they have like these like duck heads. Uh-huh, they, yeah. they they look like they belonged as villains in a Disney video game mm-hmm. back on Sega mm-hmm. Genesis. I can see like, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that that's their design. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's their motivation. But yeah. <laughs> cool designs too in this movie. Uh Absolutely. great costumes, great all that. Stuff. That's one of the things that stand out that stands out to me most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that draws it and draws me to it is because it's a sci-fi world. And in the nineties, your sci-fi worlds were dark, gritty. Yeah. Um, you know, it was not a much ver- color going on. Very bleak yeah. view of the future. There's not a whole lot mm-hmm. of brightness uh, or anything Until like that. Until the prequels came around. Probably this is saturation to like mm-hmm. the nth degree. Like uh, there, it, everything that's going on is fully lit in all the action. Like, and we're so used to action, action scenes being filmed in dark tones mm-hmm. and stuff like like that that you almost can't really quite see what's going on your your mental image of what's going on is much cooler than what the stuntmen are actually performing and this everything is happening bright vibrant full full vibrancy Mm -hmm. so like i really that's one of the things that like always has drawn me into it and i've loved the world 
that this builds. Like mm-hmm. this, this builds such an interesting world. The taxis. And <laughs> it, it feels lived in mm-hmm. and it feels practical. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even though there's silliness throughout the movie at times, it feels like that silliness fits in this world, mm-hmm. in, in this world that, that, that Luke Besson has mm-hmm. set up. And that's one of the things that has always drawn me to it. Like you feel and it's like a tight script, you know, it's always oh, yeah. on edge. You're yeah, always on edge. The pace is good. Is yeah. The pacing good. and editing is very, very yeah. good. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I think that's one of the things that like, that's why I've always watched it, but when, when it comes on because visually mm-hmm. it's striking yeah and the action scenes are just top notch yeah. and it is the type of movie where it almost feels like vignettes right like mm-hmm. like this is almost <clears throat> each each part of it is almost like episodic mm-hmm. right there's the prologue and then there's 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 getting to know corbin yeah and then there's the lilu escape mm-hmm. and then there's uh getting the tickets and, the and leaving on the spaceship <laughs> and then there's the opera and then there's the escape from the ship mm-hmm. and then there's the there's it's like different set pieces a, yeah, yeah different set pe- but like mm-hmm. each one of them like if you just watch that it mm-hmm. feels like a a cool little sci-fi short yeah. film where you're like, huh, I want to know a little bit yeah. more about what's going on. But it's almost like you don't need to watch the whole thing. Like it is you cool don't. to do that, but you don't really need to. And I never have until yeah. un- until th- this go around. But I was always able to pick up the story. I yeah. always knew what was going on. Yeah. Based mm. on but, but just watching bits and pieces. But on you're it. right about it just being magnetic and just getting your attention because I think even when you were showing it here, we just had it on the background and I think Dave was trying to get my attention. I was just my eyes were just glued to the screen because of the action going on. Right. So yeah, and, even now it has that effect. And Mila Jovovich, not, not, not just for her beauty, you know, when she was 26 years old, but mm. j- just for the fact, still looks pretty good, but still looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, just for the fact that like it, sh- she looks like no other yeah. sci-fi heroine that mm-hmm. you've ever seen, for sure, right? Yeah. Like, right. Uh, all the costumes are extremely yes. interesting. So that, that that's the thing that that really draws me into mm-hmm. it. And now, like watching this now, the appreciation I get from it is that still to this day, not much else out there looks like this. Not mm-hmm. much else out there. There's there, there's things where I can say they they definitely derived yeah. things from it. Valerian. Well, Valerian well, was the tried the sun. Yeah, um, same director. He, he tried the- <laughs> Uh, recreate a similar yeah, type of world. Technology got away from them with that yeah, one. Yeah, but um, that happens to a lot. And people. terrible script. But <laughs> but like and actors. I look at things like uh like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. And I can see like where they draw their little vein you know what? from ridiculousness like this. But another thing I will admit, when I walked in, I thought you had Star Wars on. That's true. And I didn't know which maybe one of the prequels, and I wasn't sure, but and then it took me a couple seconds. I was like, I ah, would say okay. that this definitely looks better. Mm-hmm. Than than the prequels. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not better than than Revenge of the Sith because mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith is when is when uh, I th- I feel like things started to catch up. <laughs> I think fan reaction and George Lucas was finally like he, he understood the technology that he was mm-hmm. working with and he understood its limitations. He yeah. understood and, and it all just fell into place. Also, it's a much lighting wise darker, darker film, right. so it hides a lot. Yeah. Of, a lot of that that sheen and those black lines that mm-hmm. are around all the CGI stuff. But uh, yeah, I but one of the thing all, all most of the stuff that goes on in this movie is practical practical yeah that's that's one of the things you you it's that mix gotta love and things. respect yeah. oh yeah like you know a, a Done lot so of, well in this a movie. lot of the city a lot of those cars uh they're practical when they're up close they, mm. they are cg when they're far away but it's far away so you don't you don't really yeah. notice that much sure but a lot of all the creatures a lot of makeup all the creatures. prosthetics mm-hmm. yeah, makeup uh, prosthetics I mean, animatronics that elephant seven <laughs> seventy thirty. 30 it's our it's yeah. our it's our perfect super mm. movie bros blend our of, favorite of opera CD. singer <laughs> Yeah, Dave does an amazing impression. 
I wish you could all see it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a hand movement. <laughs> He's doing the whole thing. But right. like, it's like it was one of those weird scenes because it's mixed in with a whole bunch of different kind of action stuff, That's but just, also yeah, like traditional a... opera into like this weird contemporary yeah. breakout. I love that. It was break, really break cool. Beat. We'll, we'll get into that again yeah. later yeah. on. So, Jay, uh, you made a cocktail for this yes. movie cocktail. It was yes. your time to go around. What did you have? Uh, what did you come up with? What's it called, first off? It's called the Multipass Creamsicle. All right. Lilo Multipass. Mm. <laughs> Multipass. <laughs> Multipass. So this one is a blended drink. So we have it's more of a dessert drink. So it looks really 100%. cool. Check out the yeah, photo. Like the photo, you'll get a, a good idea what it's going to taste. Is this like. our theme for like sci-fi movies? Is to is to do is to do uh, dessert drinks because we did a dessert drink. We did the Sam Neapolitan. Well, the colorful ones for uh, oh yeah for for Event Horizon. Right. It was it was Neapolitan ice cream all mixed together. That's true. So. Well, I really wanted it to be inspired from Lilu. I mean, that was a hundred percent what it was. Yeah. I wanted the orange. I wanted the cream look yeah, definitely. and I got yeah. exactly what I wanted and what I had mm-hmm. don't be disgusting before someone me too's you the cream look, <laughs> the cream cream look. I'm you sure just, people already have you disgust <laughs> me sir uh, so we're using two ounces of vodka two scoops of vanilla ice cream mixed in with one ounce of whipping cream uh, three dashes of orange bitters one ounce of orange juice one vanilla wafer that you will actually blend with ice Crucial. into a blender Turns out it's the thing that saved the drink. Yes. Mm. Yes. It was the magic ingredient Mm -hmm. that tied it all together. Uh, You pour it into a martini glass, and then you top it with a vanilla sugar wafer Mm -hmm. cookie, like a wafer cookie. and um, Vienna wafers are called. Yes. Is that copyrighted or trademarked? (laughs) Trademarked, I mean? Patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. (laughs) And you also sprinkle the top with orange zest. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and it's beautiful. And, I love this. And drink. the bits. What about love the bits? It. And the bits. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, when I first made it for my wife and I made her and I made her try, I'm going, oh, check this out. Oh, just ignore the bits. And she goes, What 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 are the For some bits? reason that cracked me up. <laughs> what are, what don't are don't the worry bits? about the bits. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Don't worry about, <laughs> don't worry about the bits. <laughs> just some bits. Just a little bit of my finger. I got caught in the She's bl- like, what caught in the blender. This blender bits are you talking about? Fucking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, it's cookies. Uh so yeah, I, I actually really enjoy this. Yeah. I I do I enjoy dessert cocktails from time to time. But I mean, I'm trying to watch my sugar because i'm i'm I, i've cut, watching this figure i've well no i've cut sugar and we do this once a month david and meat i know that's why it's okay <laughs> i cut sugar and meat out of out of my life Ooh, and uh I didn't know that. letting letting meat in, you know letting sugar back in i i i don't know if people could tell he I is know. wired right now i got a sugar rush it's like i drank six cups of coffee <laughs> it's not caffeine that does it bouncing off anymore. the walls i'm yeah. bouncing off the walls again whoa oh yeah see he's, he's singing that song that's a First sign. No, I really enjoy it. I think the lemon zest on top really draws it all Orange together. Orange zest. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Orange zest on top really, really yeah. ties it yep. all together. It's got, it's got a graciously the- sweet tooth to it. I'll say that it does. Well, and, and as it's, it's supposed to. I mean, it's supposed no, to have a little bit of orange and sweetness, and but a, with a subtle bite behind it with the vodka. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it blends really well with the with the with the uh, orange juice and everything like that. Mark, what did you think of it? Uh, I feel like I just ate dessert. And that's good. I think it's okay. good. It's good. It was yeah. good. No, and uh, the cookie did make it. I, I agree. Or the wafer. Sorry, the wafer. Made the, it. the wafer. The wafer. Cookie. The wafer and the bits. Cookie. And the bits. The, bits. the little bits. The little bits. No, it was, it was delicious. Little Very baby good. bits. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So you guys can make that at home. We'll post a recipe along with this episode when it goes up on Twitter. So follow us on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. If you just want to check out the cocktail recipe, type in hashtag Movie Cocktail. You'll see this recipe and all the other recipes that are up there all right guys let's head over let's start breaking the movie down all of our favorite little bits 
and <laughs> and we will uh, just start discussing some of the fun stuff that really makes this movie the cult classic that it is today. Boy is fueled like fire. So stop melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. He's hot. Hot, 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 this movie, I think, like, I just called it a cult classic before before we jumped into this segment. I think that's 100% true. I, I think it's fair. Mm-hmm. I, know, yeah. I know it's a movie that everyone has seen, you know, but it's... Or seen parts of it. like Or you. seen parts of it, like like I did until uh, right up until this week. But it's it's this type of movie where it was critically so-so. You know, like, mm-hmm. like critics didn't even when know it what came the, out, yeah. They didn't know what the make of right. this movie when this movie first yeah, began. Yeah. I'm still not sure about the younger generations. Yeah, that's true. I don't, Have I, they I think caught I'm, up with this yet? I don't know. It's a one-off. So, like, I was, like, one of it's the not things, tied with anything. One of the things that always made this movie memorable for me was working at Blockbuster, right? Uh-oh. So, like, I worked at Blockbuster, and when DVD first came out, Mm-hmm. This was one of the first movies that was printed on DVD. Mm-hmm. Like one of the first movies that was put out there. Yeah. Because it is the type of movie that when you have a new technological mm-hmm. spectacle right. that you want to showcase, yeah. it's this. Mm-hmm. Then when Blu ray came out, same thing. This and The Matrix. And like, the Ma- like, Matrix is the other yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and, and I just rented it on Ultra HD mm-hmm. on my uh, on my TV when I was watching it. And it, it still it looks stunning. It looks great, yeah. And that's where the practical effects come in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's this movie that, like, when it came out it wasn't a critical success it wasn't a huge financial box office mm-hmm. success it made its money back right it, it, it made some money this uh well a, a little factoid is that this was the largest budget for any non-hollywood movie hmm. so it's not an independent project but it is a foreign film okay. technically right and it was not produced by hollywood it may have been distributed hmm. by by hollywood but it was not produced by hollywood okay. it had a budget of 80 million dollars hmm. uh, which it did make back but mm-hmm. not in spades over time it's made its money back right oodles but yeah. which is a little surprising because bruce willis at that time was you know huge obviously but yeah, um, but the people who were watching bruce willis movies didn't want to see that my parents <laughs> die hard yeah. right you they know? didn't want to see aliens right. they, pretty they, much yeah. they didn't want to see this mm-hmm. this was definitely geared towards a younger generation of people mm-hmm. but because but it was a little bit ahead of ahead of its time right say, yeah. it wasn't tied to a property <clears throat> that we're all it wasn't Star Wars, right? It's yeah. what it comes down to. It mm-hmm. wasn't Star Wars, which was the only was... viable sci-fi property <laughs> really out at the time. And at that time, Star Wars wasn't really anything. I mean, well, obviously, besides the originals, other than hushed <laughs> tones and whispers on the right. early world yeah. on, on the early uh, world of Al Gore's internet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I hear. I hear they're making new ones. <laughs> yeah, something was coming, but in the meantime, we had this, which was pretty cool. It it, it, it turned out to be something that was extremely cool, mm-hmm. and is something that people still love to this day. But I gotta say, I. I really, and I know the people who are voting on Twitter are all similar type people to us, mm-hmm. and they're around our age, yeah. and they have the same level of nostalgia mm-hmm. for this as we do. Not I everybody, think, Dave. There's over like 400 votes or something like that. You know, <laughs> the majority <laughs> of, of those, a lot of them. Well, obviously, most of them. <laughs> most of those people but, uh, are other podcasters, Jay. That like, I know, I know. So, uh, a um, lot of them have the same mentality that we do going but I think into it. Part of that is because it is a singular 
movie. There are no sequels or no other <laughs> universe movies uh, in the same universe uh, because that wasn't really done at that time. There's a, so there's a video game. That, that, that's yeah, I mean, there, yeah, but it's just it, a handful it, of comics. It's just this one movie, and it, and it's great things it to does talk what it about. Does well, and, you know, you can yeah. always have your own theories. You can almost create your own comic book yeah, based on this that, movie. Like you can do anything to, with it. You know, it being a cult film, and I think exactly. giving it more notoriety in that way. And um, you would know, Mark. Well, I am the expert. <laughs> you are you're the, the expert. expert, Mark. Well, you're the guy that makes movies, and you have written a comic book, so well, that makes you more of an expert than Jay and I combined. I mean, so. a couple comic books. A couple comic Who's books. Who's counting? Slightly altered man. You can find it on your Amazon <laughs> yeah. Kindle, or you can uh, order a hard copy from Amazon <laughs> Thank you, as Dave. well. It's worth your time. That's slightly altered man written by Mark Dickerson. <sighs> anyway. Now, now I'm just blushing, guys. <laughs> now, yeah. So I did write a synopsis for The Fifth Element, and it goes something like this. The year is 1914, and four mystical tablets housed in an Egyptian temple are being collected by the Mondo Shawin people for safekeeping as the tablets are the galaxy's only protection from an evil that appears every 5,000 years. <laughs> Flash forward to the 23rd century, where hapless cab driver Corbin Dallas is wrangled into a mm -hmm. mission to collect the stones, imbue the supreme being with their raw elemental power, mm. thus ending the evil for good and allowing Corbin to stick his pee in some supreme V. <laughs> Proof that even behind every strong female character, there's a roguishly handsome man to save the day. Mm. And I think watching it now in 2019 eyes... That's my big problem with the movie. Lilu, the supreme being, uh, she's ultimately strong. Uh, she falls 60 stories, falls through a cab, and is is fine. Has this really cool fight scene during the during the opera singer's uh, mm -hmm. scene, and then she does nothing for the whole rest of the movie. It was a big part of my issue. Well, not issue. But I she had, is. At that time, it was more just confusion. It's like, yeah. why? Is this, mm -hmm. Why is she but not then, but doing much? there is much? mystery to her, right? Like, she is, you're like, yes. who is this character, and what's and, going and on? You, um you do want to care but I agree. for her. You, do you, want, know, to, you, you want, want to see more. You want to protect her, yeah. her just like Bruce Willis. Well, it's yeah, not really what her. you're expecting when they say the supreme being. First off, the the Monoshawins that we see in the beginning, those duck, those those, those robot ducks that, mm. <laughs> that come waddling mm. into the Egyptian temple. Um, you expect them to be, or, or something like them, yeah. to be a supreme being, mm -hmm. or to be something well, that that looks a lot like the mm -hmm. evil, which is a ball of fire. <laughs> Well, there is a lot of sub subverting of uh, expectations in this movie too, right? Uh, also, I I love films that or grand epic tales that involve, uh, like you know, working class jobs and like Bruce Willis is a cab driver, you know, and I like that it's this grand story, but he's like the main character. They very and, easily could have just made him John McClane in this mm -hmm. movie. He basically is, I and, mean. but no, he's he, he is he is different. <laughs> he is and he isn't. Yeah. Uh, like the, the, the way they play him in this is is he's so straight laced yeah. that it's funny, mm -hmm. right? Like, like yeah. that's where the comedy comes. From. That's where the comedy comes from. Everyone else around him is so flamboyant, over the top, fuckingly over the top. Yeah. flamboyant. Yeah. Yeah. That great him word, being so straight, straight place. Yeah. is it, he's, it, he's somehow out of place among all these right. <laughs> Just the blonde hair is the only flamboyancy yeah. of him, and, and he had hair. He's point. got, yeah. you know, he's a guy who who lives alone. He's he's yeah. divorced. He's kind of a loner. That was, a, that was his hello hair. Yeah. He's got. <laughs> a, I wondered whether his pubes were the same color, but whether his pubes. Look, were it was a nine. 
yeah. 90s guys are. 90s, right. Yeah, Eminem was, was, yeah, was we were, out with the bleached hair. They're all trying stuff. to think. Uh, <laughs> but but not like he has this annoying, nagging mother, which is something that comes up throughout the movie that I, yeah. I'm just going to I'm just gonna open up my window and I'm going to jump out, Corbin. I regret the day that I ever pushed you out of my body. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's those things that bring it down to earth in certain ways, like those kind of comic elements about it's, it. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious, but, you know, at, at its heart, this is really about a socially awkward guy who who suffers from probable, probably slight PTSD from his years as a major in the special forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't know how to interact with women, so he just kisses mm-hmm. strangers at random times. Right. That's what I feel like because he kisses her right after he takes mm-hmm. her to to the uh, to the monk, and it's just like that 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 doesn't feel appropriate. I don't. I'm not even <laughs> sure if that girl even knows what's going on. <laughs> even when it wasn't 2019, even when was it wasn't 2019, that was that, that was not appropriate. And then at the end, when he when he's just like are you having trouble finding out why you need to save the world well here's a big one for you baby and he just plants a kiss on her and it's like doesn't feel appropriate yeah doesn't feel but that's what saved the movie it, <laughs> because love the, yeah. because the script told you that's what it was saves love the movie. man right. yeah. and then and then of course the, it, if it just ended with Written that by a frenchman right. yeah exactly well, <laughs> nothing more romantic Ruff. than a frenchman Ruff. highest crime statistics for rape in the world hmm. are in france so just saying there you go <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Based on a statistic that I heard in college in 2003 from a professor who was German. So. <laughs> he had it out for him. This guy, I, think, oh, I think they have naturally. a thing about that yeah. over there. Uh, but but uh, and, and then like they gratuitously like at the end where the president's like, I would like to meet this Corbin. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. He's busy. Yeah. yeah he's real busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- th- that's my only gripe mm-hmm. with the movie uh, is that you give us this it's, supreme it's being. It's done in the light. Oh, okay. So you're saying that that was your problem. Right. Okay. And the supreme yeah. being doesn't do, a, doesn't do a whole lot mm-hmm. other yeah. than get, I guess, force fucked by a bunch of well, elements. I, th- I think if the story continued, if it did continue on, if there were more movies after this, maybe she would do more. But in this part of the story, I felt like it made sense in a way. And then like while watching it, it, uh, even the earlier times that I've watched it, I was like, okay, so this is what live action anime looks like, right? Pretty much at that time, yeah. Yeah. I would say. Like, I, um, I, I think we missed out. Like, I know, I know, we had uh, Taika Waititi tied to Akira movie, and now that's been yeah. that's been canceled yet again. Cowboy Bebop and Netflix, right? Yeah. So or why put on hold? Why not just get Luke Bassan to do Akira? Yeah. I feel like I that feel like be, watching this. That, that's I'm a just, good idea. Actually. Just like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Definitely. He's got nothing else going on. Yeah. I, I, I looked at his IMDb. <laughs> I call him up. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I would I would definitely check that out. Is yeah. he too old? No. No. Yeah. no. I don't know. So, all right. What other, wait, like, what are the standout scenes for you guys? Oh, like, everything Chris Tucker. Like, yeah. Everything Chris Tucker. Right, you oh, took my God. You took my answer. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I love him in this movie. Come in. Come in. <laughs> Like that's like it's it's, it's, it's my kind of humor that still yeah. sticks with me, and it's because I well he's just very magnetic when you see him right. On the screen, if yeah. There's something about like late '90s. How about that eating pussy scene? Co- oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. How gratuitous is that? So he's eating her out, right? Yeah. Uh, and his head keeps going. First off, his hair is is amazing. <laughs> it's this perfect <laughs> spiraled ducktail. Yeah. It's like a vortex yeah. that, like, and I guess maybe it's an allegory for his character. He just sucks you in, <laughs> like, yeah. with his hair. Uh, and, and so he's going down her, and she's like trying to get back to work, and he's just like, I'm busy. Yeah. And he keeps going back down, and then like the engine, <laughs> and, and the, the the engines start up for the ship, mm. and the uh, the 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 airport 
explodes and the ship takes off right as she comes. That all happens yep. simultaneously. Yeah, there's good inter- intercutting in this movie. For directed sure. by yeah. a Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty, dirty. Bless him. Uh, but right. I, I, I do love. I love the moments when we're getting introduced to to Chris Tucker's character, to Ruby Rose, and um, he he's meeting Corbin, and Corbin is like that straight laced guy, mm. and I that moment where like he he like grabs him and he chokes him, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> it just just like Chris Tucker's reaction, like nobody's ever done this to me before. <laughs> and like I, I love I, you. <laughs> he's almost like. <laughs> Someone turned on by somehow. Yeah. Almost. He is. He's turned yeah. on by like everything. He's in turned movie. on by everything. I know. Yeah. He's like, was he pansexual or whatever? I don't know. Something What's like the term nowadays? Uh, uh, one of the things I love is when they're going into the opera and he's talking about the Empress's daughter. Mm. And then he, he basically just announces to the world because he's doing a, a worldwide broadcast that like, <laughs> yeah. that like he knows what her, her high note sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, what yeah. the fuck? I was asking Dave, I was like, what do you think the direction was to Chris Tucker for this movie? Oh my and, and, God. and it was take Smokey from Friday, <laughs> you know, shoot him into space, add a dash of gay, yeah. and then turn him to 11. Yep. And that's that. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's what you get. Yeah. And he hosts a channel on VH1. Mm. I mean, a show on VH1. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Just that time period of like turning on like yeah. Fashion Network or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he kind of steals the show in a weird way, which is weird because there's so much craziness going on. Well, but he just stands out so much, and he just movie. does a lot of like funny screams yeah. during the action. He's, just, stuff he's the most fun to watch, probably yeah, in the movie. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. Yeah, especially at that there's, time, there's like he was still fresh are, in the scene. Yeah, and, like a lot of that humor was. Well, was part of it's Chris Tucker. Part of it's like the characters. Like, there's few characters that are just pure. Like, well, you guys insane. Already, you guys you know, aren't even energy. talking about Ray, the deaf actor. Oh, Ray. Okay. <laughs> well, it's like Ray the gun. The gun, and he just he throws him two billiard balls, and he's like, "I'm helping." <laughs> well, there's plenty of great things in this movie, but Chris Tucker just like stands out, I guess. But yeah, but the other scene that I was gonna say is uh, the opera scene. Obviously, we've alluded to that a couple times, yeah. oh but God. it's uh, this is like the centerpiece of the movie. Probably it's yep. uh, the big a- and I think action slash uh, that is musical part. Like as as gorgeous as the cityscape is in the movie, and the whole Lilu jumping out and stuff like that in the car mm. chase, like that's all gorgeous. But I mean, like this like has that the, scene. Emotion, the the action, the everything. It's so beautifully gorgeous. edited, and yeah. it it does this thing where like it's it like her 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 operatic voice in the beginning is this. It, it's almost like this this beautiful soliloquy that's like it's very sad. It's very dour as Lilu is mm-hmm. is going through and trying to find the stones and everything yeah. like that. And but she then gets it ramps up. up, and then as soon as she gets in trouble, it ramps up. Yeah. So like it takes the audience way down yeah. and then brings the audience right, right. way up. But it never lets the audience go mm-hmm. after that. Like after that yeah. happens, the action stays until until they get off the mm-hmm. cruise ship. Like and on a performance level i mean maybe it's because it wasn't not cgi maybe because it was practical uh makeup effects and things like that but the actress is like amazing in that part she Um, is uh but while watching it i was like okay now i see it's limited budget because that is just a blue leotard and they covered the seams with 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 things but no you know what like i was honestly i was even i was leaning forward looking Um, to see things like that and i'm not 100 sure but i'm pretty sure that's an inflated blue condom on top of her head (laughs) but look and there's even times where the stage lights are um are shining through it Mm. like when she's singing and you see her from behind the stage lights are shining but that but it works it works that's part of the thing that we're like you know you could you can still see her performance right but like when i'm watching that i'm like oh you know what 
maybe it's it's such a thin membrane because that's how she's hitting these these inhuman type notes, right? She has yeah. an extra resonating chamber. <laughs> they're so, aliens. Yeah, they're aliens. <laughs> and then that's something that people later on go write a comic book and fanfic and yeah, stuff like that and expand Check on. Check out and, Dave's fanfic. That's, that's at right. uh, Dave'sFanfic.com. It's yeah. yeah, it's 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 really all about it's 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 more love like a, a skin fan flick, you know, like Skinamax. Uh, it's, oh, okay. It's gonna have the mystery of like they're all like, gonna be about Ruby Rose too. having sex with the opera singer. Oh, uh, yeah, that is hot. Um. And then she goes. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them together. Wow, that would be that would be something. <laughs> and then when he's done, and, and he and he and he finishes, and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he came right off of uh, Friday, and you know he was great in that movie, and, and then, then did Rush Hour, Rush Hour movies, and then and uh, now hold no, on, nothing, retired. Nothing, yeah, uh, did you he, say he was a minister, Dave? I that's something that like I, I can actually heard. see that. That's a weird like, part. He's come back for a couple. <laughs> he's shown up in a couple things. Wasn't I he know, in uh, Silver, Silver Linings, Linings Playbook? Playbook? Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and th- there were some he like occasionally shows. There were some like rumors. I believe that he had like a stand-up special coming. It's kind of like Dave Chappelle. They just come back when it once in a while for like a little bit. Go but back he, in hiding again. They might, little bits. Little bits. <laughs> <For the> little <laughs> little bits. Um, I had heard rumors of a Rush Hour 4. I don't know if that's actually ever going to happen. I don't think it's ever going to happen. At some point, you know, they redo everything now, so whatever. Uh, yeah, they'll, what they'll, they'll, they'll just, get around to it. <laughs> but it's just, just redo it with, uh, with, with Michael be older B. Jordan and, and, uh, yeah. and uh, I don't know, think of... Get some new blood in there. Yeah, but like just blood. like Chappelle... And Stephen Yuen. There you go. Stephen yeah, Yuen go. And, uh, and, and Michael B. Jordan. He, let's write he, it right now. No. He and Chappelle, and even you could say even Eddie Murphy... They're all like jacked up now. They're not these scrawny little guys. Well, I would say Chris on, Tucker put on, on some stage. weight. I don't know about jacked up. Well, last time I saw him, he was jacked up. I okay, thought. maybe. But um, this was a little while ago. But <laughs> anyway, so it, it's just they don't. I don't feel like they are going to be able to hit that same comedy notes well, never, never again. Well, they're just and older that's the now, hardest so. thing about it. Yeah, you know. But right. Eddie Murphy came back strong so far. You know, Dolomite is mm. my name. I haven't seen that, but very good. And he's planning on doing other things through mm-hmm. Netflix. So obviously he's trying no, to. He's not planning on doing other things, Jay. He's doing Beverly Hills Cop on Netflix. What? But also comedy specials. A yeah. TV show? No, Beverly Hills Cop 4. four. Oh. Coming directly to Netflix. How about that? Which shows you how much like Paramount Pictures is like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, do that. Yeah, okay. Sell it. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> right now. Let's pay for it to be made and then not have to pay for the distribution or the marketing yeah. for it whatsoever. Let's let Netflix handle huh. that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It's. It's it's a new Hollywood. It's not it's a, a new Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's not it's a, world. a bad idea in, yeah. in a lot of ways. It's not. I think it can, if it came out in theaters, I don't think it's going to do that great. Well, Unless if, Tyler Perry does it. But if they were like, <laughs> I mean, hey, like let's let's do Friday Five, and we're it's it's we're gonna have we're gonna have Ice Cube bring come back, back Smokey. and we're gonna bring back Smokey. And, I go see that. <laughs> and it's gonna go directly to Netflix. Oh, but no more. Uh, I'm like I'm there day one. Like I'm I'm gonna like I'm waiting for for yeah. Friday to strike midnight. John Witherspoon, no, rest no, in peace. No, Johnny Witherspoon, uh, rest in peace. Mm, uh, but I would I would definitely, and that's how the movie starts with pops with pops funeral. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. Well, let's write that one instead. <laughs> and 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 that's what brings Smokey back. You know? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. See, I like this. I like and this. he's a minister. Just a- <laughs> there you go. It writes itself, we're Dave. It writes itself. itself. No, now we're just writing first Sunday. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're mixing first Sunday and 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 death at a funeral together. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Always happens. We're derivative of ourselves and other people. We're we're Hollywood. If we're derivative yeah, of ourselves were- <laughs> and other people, now we are Hollywood. We fit right in, we're Dave. Fitting right in. We're doing it. <laughs> Stay on target. Stay on target. Anyway. <laughs> 
fifth element. Uh, we we had a conversation about not going off on tangents. What the here. hell were we just talking about? All right. uh, no, but going back to fifth element, it was sort of related. I mean, like after the whole opera scene, like and and he digs into her into her stomach. I I found myself wondering, like I I know that the that, that the what the the what are they uh, Manadashwans or whatever the fuck they are. You got me. Yeah, they they collect those tablets from ancient Egypt, take them up, fuck off into the space, and then they like raise this baby that they shoved tablets into. Mm-hmm. Like they don't seem so benevolent to me. <laughs> like, so that's, weird. that's one of the questions I had. You, you know, there's a lot of talk of lore these days. People want to know about the backstory of things. Mm-hmm. How much you said Lupus on Star Wars? <laughs> well, that and he was inspired by the Val- Valerian comics, right? You said right. Yeah, uh, so, he was very inspired by by. So by my question is 70s and 80s, like French. How much French of uh, comics. you know, how much lore, how much backstory you think he had? Do you think he just wrote the script and that was it, or do you think he had a whole world? I mean, you probably had to build a whole world to uh i think in his head he has do you think he has those if lucas you, uh if you notebooks a- if you asked him he has answers okay like i i would i would think that okay. uh and because this script was written by luke Besson when he was 16 years oh. old he started writing this script he started okay. coming up with this story and he didn't make this movie till he was back 37 huh. i believe he was when this movie was was made so. good ideas never die dave right so so he had he had literally like uh what is that N- 20 years pretty mm-hmm. much to well it was probably like story. a passion well, project for him too. oh of course yeah. i mean it's one of those pet peeves things but also he proved himself with leon the professional you, and you then... couldn't make this film 10 years prior they didn't have no, the technology probably, well you could but well it wouldn't look as you know true. it wouldn't look like it does right for sure right if they made this movie 10 years before it it would have been through the jim henson creature shop mm-hmm yeah, probably. But back to scenes like uh, the the whole firefight that happens after he pulls the tablet out of the opera singer and stuff. Uh, I absolutely, I, I love all that. And you guys, I mean, you, you see, you see the the guy he played Norm in uh, something about Mary. I love her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, my name's Norm. <laughs> I'm her pizza delivery guy. <laughs> that part's so good. <laughs> I love great. her, oh, man. man. <laughs> yeah, those are the two movies I remember him from back in the early nineties. Yeah, of course. Where, where this he kind of <laughs> uh, and, and he goes there, and Corbin goes out to negotiate. Every guy can relate to him. <laughs> I love that moment. Just like it's this big firefight, and it felt like a Han Solo moment for him to walk out, shoot the leader. Anyone else want to negotiate? And it's like that's <laughs> yeah, like that's, you know, th- that's Han Solo running down the running down the the uh, the hallway, <laughs> chasing stormtroopers as they're yeah, all running from him. Yeah. He's just one guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, I and I, I love that moment. That's what I mean. The roguishly he has that roguish leader. yeah yeah quality that roguish charm. Yep. you mm. would say definitely. Uh, and but what so what do you guys think of like the ending? Because like the ending always felt like a letdown to me. Um, this. It ends in the temple. I get it. It's where the prologue began and stuff like that. But like figuring out the puzzle. Like I remember watching it and I was just like uh, spit on water. Uh, you know, <laughs> you have the last match that, that that you talked about in the first act of the movie. He We saw he only had three matches. Sure. Uh, cigarettes are cool in this world, right? Where they're, uh, they yeah, are 90% sure. filter, 10% cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Anyone Is else that what you, oh, oh, you didn't? Yeah, his his break glass. Like you're trying to quit smoking, he has to like lift up the, the the glass to pull to pull one cigarette out. And everyone has smoked cigarettes in this. It is ninety percent filter, one like I like forgot about ten percent ten percent tobacco. But <laughs> I anyway, mean, look. So he's it, down to the last match. So that's obviously fire. Uh, and then you know you have to blow on wind, and then you have to. It's a little silly. It does get yeah. a little silly, and it's very silly. and it's it's it does sound like a lot from uh, written by a sixteen year old. And honestly, like <laughs> yeah. I. I was expecting like I remember the first time watching the end scene 
uh, and and she gets like blasted with with all the elemental powers and stuff like that. And I was like, oh shit, Lilo's gonna go Super Saiyan, right? Like that's what you're expecting. You're expecting her to like go fly off into mm. space and just punch that thing. And like instead, what happens is she just like spits a beam into space, and it's just mm. and then it, it turns it into a a basically another moon for Earth. And I was like, well, that's it. Earth's still done because <laughs> like, now you're gonna have. You're gonna have the tides being pulled by one moon, mm. and the tides being pulled by another. There's yeah. a tsunami somewhere that's just gonna always be <laughs> just happening. Brewing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> half the world's population is dead. Mm. Uh, the other half is slowly starving to death as animals cannot. <laughs> way to go, Bruce Willis. Yeah, way to go, Bruce Willis. Jeez. You save you save this planet, but son of a bitch, <laughs> bastard. Uh, but anyway, so that, that always the ending always felt like a yeah. letdown because once once they rebuild Lilu and that escape happens. It is a fun whirlwind that takes you all the way through the entire rest of the movie mm-hmm. until until that until the end until they yeah. get off the uh, until they get off the 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 the, the cruise ship like mm-hmm. that's everything before that. It's a little predictable, but also how else could you have ended it? I guess that kind of story. You know? Also, I mean, and like and like Jay said, he was sixteen when he came up with the idea. So that's what I think. It, like, uh, it probably makes sense. Sixteen year old, sixteen year old guy writing it, and it's like mm-hmm. the elements. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, why not? We'll just do something with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I, I find that in a lot of action movies, um, that the if not the final battle scene or the, the final act, you know, I find usually it's a little lackluster because it kind of goes in a predictable direction. Um, that happens a lot that I, I you know, I, that I feel like anyway. So I wasn't too surprised when that happened. I guess. No, no, it's, it's, it's not I, I get what you're surprised. Saying, yeah, yeah, it's just like it's being taken on this on this really, really mm-hmm. fun ride, but like you just wish it, it ends with love. It, it literally it is, does end with love. It literally is like a roller coaster where and like that's what it saves it for me. We're like it's yeah. all anticipation. <laughs> you can't go wrong with love. Dude. It's all uh, it's all anticipation up until the big drop. But like the ride, the, you know, a roller coaster never ends on the big drop. You know what I'm saying? But it was about the experience, <laughs> yeah. Dave. The movie was about the friends all about we made the experience. along the way. Yeah, but there is a you know, Chris Tucker, the friend I made along the way. Jay brought up another good point. It's you know, it's emotion. Uh, it's a pretty emotional ending. So it's something. <laughs> it's not just action. Is it emotional? Well, is it emotional? Okay, Dave, it's been a while since I've seen the ending. It's not <laughs> it's really emotional. From what I remember. Look, it's not perfect. It is definitely not perfect. It no. definitely is a teenage boy's version of romance. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It is. You can say that about the whole movie yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's a teenage boy's version of romance uh-huh. at it's the end. It's probably why I love this so much. Like, <laughs> and then and then I kiss her and then she saves the and then we save yeah. the world and, and then she's really cool and then we have sex in front of the president and he's talking to my mom on the phone and my mom's like I swear to God, I'm gonna fucking kill myself, Corbin. <laughs> I do love the way the president takes takes the mother's phone call and then hands the phone off like it's very <laughs> slowly, like, like it's poison to like yeah, yeah. everybody else. <laughs> as she's as she's cursing Corbin out at, at the end, and I was like, I'm so glad I never had a mother like her. This is a funny way to end the movie. Yeah, I it think w- it worked. It was. It was. Uh, this this movie will probably always go down as one of the tentpole action films mm. of the 90s. Sure, uh, sure. Certainly a sci-fi film that did stuff that no other sci-fi film had really done I'm before. really happy that we were able to do this film mm-hmm. yeah. for Movie Cocktail because yeah. it's certainly one of those films I've always wanted to have it on our show and I'm happy you won. I mean, enough, you weren't the one who you didn't pick this one. Right? I you did picked, not uh, and I, I had I mean, the first pick yeah. and I did pick T2 because I did it for 
uh, winning reasons because I thought it was relevant for with Dark Face. <laughs> I never Dark do it Fate for winning just came out. Well, <laughs> I never I, think I, I gotta be Dave at least one season. <laughs> so uh, while I'm while, already out of that race, so. while doing research, no, I'm definitely out now. <laughs> while doing research for this movie, I came across a really cool alternate poster for it, and I wanted to run this by you guys if you had it. Just so great for audio. This no, is no, but so this is a reimagining of the Fifth Element, and. It, it looks like it would have taken place somewhere in the late 1960s, early 1970s. Zorg would have been played by Christopher Lee. Okay. Corbin would have been played by Sean Connery. Okay. And Lilu would have been Daniela Bianchi. Pretty cool. Oh. Right. It's, like, it's really pretty cool. I could see, like, it's like, oh, I could see that movie yeah. right now. I could see us all, like, sitting around, like, Mystery Science 3000, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, the question is, when they remake this or reboot it, Never. Who, who will play? I don't think that's ever going to happen. Who will? To be honest, you don't think so? I don't nah. think that's. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think that's ever going to be a thing to happen. Never say never, Dave. I, I just, maybe twenty years from now, but I just don't. Yeah, I I don't see that being a thing that happens anytime soon. Given the way everything's been working, I feel like that is more likely to happen as a a long-awaited sequel. Well, also. We are so oversaturated with sci-fi now that maybe that's part of the reason. I mean, we have so much Star Wars. We have so much. You know, it's true. Uh, there was not a so lot of good, at that time. Yeah, not a lot of good sci-fi mm-hmm. in the 1990s. Right. Like I think you can point to like a handful of movies. Yeah, like Independence Day is far more far more action than it is sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You you maybe got like Event Horizon, which wasn't a big movie or anything like T2 that. T two is sci-fi. T two, but also very action. But yeah. also very action. There was a good um, amount of action sci-fi things. Mm-hmm. Of course, but, but now a lot of, of what comes out now is you know a lot more sci-fi. I would say, and then all the other action movies were what some Tom Cruise stuff, a lot of uh, you know Nicolas Cage things. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, but it, we're there still, wasn't a terrible amount. This was still five five Steven years. Seagal. This is still five <laughs> years from things like Minority Report, and yeah. uh, you know, just two years from the Return of Star Wars. Well, back and when stuff we got like to what, what you talked about, Dave, with the the gritty, darker sci-fi uh we weren't quite there yet so this is kind of like an anomaly in a way yeah, uh, and, yeah. I, and i think that's that's why people were so like taken aback by it because yeah, they're what are like colors like what what's what's the, like, like a comic book what are they trying to do what are they trying to give me something new <laughs> they want me to review something new come on <laughs> spit on you it's not my bruce willis not my bruce willis my my bruce willis wears a sandwich board that says <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of brooklyn <laughs> oh my god <laughs> was that what year was that? That, uh, was... that was 1997. Okay. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, Same so year. that was... Uh... Same year. Right. I got a bad headache. I got a really bad fucking headache. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the save back there, Jesus. My name's not Jesus. He called me Jesus, as in Zeus, as in the Greek god of lightning. I will shove a lightning bolt up your ass, Zeus. Oh, man. If we ever get to do Die Hard, I would do Die Hard with a Vengeance <laughs> over any other Die Hard any day. Yeah. <laughs> I love Die Hard 1, but let's face it. Yeah. It's talked about to the nth degree. I agree. But no yeah. one ever talks about Die Hard with mm-hmm. a Vengeance and Jeremy yeah. Irons and how great he is in that movie. He is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so good. I could go for a rewatch. And, you know, Sam's pretty good in it, too. Samuel Jackson's oh, fucking phenomenal on good. that. Gotta love that. Yeah. That, that was a great parent. That was a great, yeah, exactly. So let's uh, let's let's end this gush fest over how much we love everything that's in The Fifth Element. Let's head over. Let's get into some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and let's introduce our next category for Movie Cocktail. Ruby Rodgers, there's for two hours with Nusky Carter and the manager of the Super Green Hotel, and Miss Jimmy and I crack Enjoy the privilege of the unique 
All right, so we've come to the end of our little discussion here. On All right, see you guys. <laughs> On Fifth Element, and uh, you know, we we mentioned that the movie set seems like it was written by a teenager at times, and it was. You know, mm. we we did mention that Luke Besson started writing this script, started writing the story as a sixteen-year-old boy. Uh, we also talked about the the visual stunningness of it and how nothing looks like it was meant to look for sci-fi at the time, and that was a very deliberate thing that Luke Besson did. So he actually had a director of photography who continuously was trying to tell him to darken the tones and and bring things down it'll help it feel more realistic and people will will buy it more and he was tired of seeing action movies in dark tones where you can barely really make out what your hero's mm. doing no he wanted to make it bright vibrant pop he wanted yeah. he wanted people to be drawn in by by it by its vibrancy mm-hmm. and not by how realistic it was and i think you know made it stand out made it stand out yeah. makes makes it definitely something that that we look uh that, that we look to today and go like yep it holds up mm-hmm. it 100% yes. holds up and i think I, I think it was the probably the best decision luke Besson made in pre-production of I this movie it. yeah mm-hmm uh, some some other he stuck to his sixteen year old guns. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at the time he was thirty seven. So. Well, I'm saying like his vision from. I'm sure oh, a lot of 60, it. I think he's a sixty year old. Oh no, <laughs> his sixteen year old. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, one of the other fun little facts that I found was that uh, they actually Luke Besson actually wrote a language for Lilo, oh. the supreme language. I believe they said it had twenty four different words or one hundred and twenty four or something like that. Oh wow, it wasn't a lot of words. But him and Mila Jovovich did used to speak that language to each other, and they would write notes to each other in that language hmm. to help her get into character. Wow. Uh, what has more words of that or Dothraki? Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. even know how many words Dothraki right. has. I didn't think it had that many. So. That's a good trivia question. Somebody, <laughs> Someone figure that do out. Do your homework. <laughs> research that. Because I don't know, know either. <laughs> I think all, all trivia from Game of Thrones went out of my head after <laughs> Immediately. the series finale. <laughs> Immediately yeah. after that, last yeah, week. I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, stuff in my I head from the books, way. but yeah. but from the show, I I'm like, you know, I, I just mm-hmm. can't wait. When's Winds of Winter coming? <laughs> Come on, George, <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, the, the the fun thing with with uh, Mila Jovovich is the first time that she recorded with Bruce Willis was the cab scene that she that she was on screen with him, and when she falls through the cab. You know, he has this very confused look on his face when she starts talking, and she's like, and she she sounds all all weird, and he was not prepared. There were words in the script for her, so he was expecting Mila Jovovich to speak English to him, because it was in the script Mm. as English, but when she starts speaking to him... It was mm. in that supreme a genuine language. reaction. So his him. reaction is genuine when he's mm. like, "What the fuck is this bitch talking about?" <laughs> like that's a genuine reaction on Bruce Willis's face. And Wait, does he actually say that? No, 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 okay. no. He just <laughs> looks at her with this very confused look on his face. It's it's the he's same. Thinking that it's the same way Bruce Willis looks at his girlfriend all throughout Pulp Fiction. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> oh, oh. I know that look. All right. Yeah, it's that it's that oh. look that he's giving her in that moment. What? No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I mean, Luke Besson did um, demand that most of the action shots were going to be taking place in like the daylight because he really didn't want it to be like a dark and gloomy kind of realistic look. He wanted to be a little bit more cheerful, a little bit more crazy, a little bit more fun. And it shows. I mean, right? It's it's yeah. uh, it's a good little one. Where were you when I when I read off the first fact? Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm just scrolling. And, and I mean, uh, different wording. But. Different wording. <laughs> I think you should put them both in there. 
Let's sure. make sure everyone gets it. <laughs> so, so Ruby Road, the inspiration for the character, was a combination of Prince and Michael Jackson. Oh, okay, that makes so, sense. <laughs> isn't that isn't that isn't that a little obvious? I mm-hmm. think yeah. I think j- just by looking at it and and his voice. So, you know, one of our uh, I think all of our favorite scene, like one of the big things, is the opera. Mm-hmm. Is is the opera singer when she is singing? The way that the composer wrote the music was that it was actually impossible mm. for a human being to hit all those notes at, at she hit some low lows and some high highs in, in rapid succession mm-hmm. and when they so so the actress who was playing her was not the actual singer they actually got yeah. an, an opera singer to come in and dub it when she saw the sheet music she went it's impossible this is like <laughs> physically human humanly impossible i cannot do this and they went yeah we know That's the you're point. going to record <laughs> your low notes you're going to record your high notes and we're going to layer them and mm-hmm. then they're all going to like it's and that's how the sound hmm. comes out being so unique but it is all the same singer it's though. all the okay. same singer but right. it's it, enhanced it, right but but the notes are are not happening or embellished i guess you can say yeah it, they're not ha- they're not actually Edited. coming out of her yeah. mouth at the same time right because it would be literally impossible for huh. someone to do that that's cool though. so uh and i think that just goes to show like that that's one of the things about the movie that i really enjoy is like the score like the score is great yeah that's the standout moment in the score mm-hmm. for sure yeah but the, the the score throughout around, the movie yeah. is, is is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as far as like big facts go, there's not a whole lot other than I think I think we mentioned this. It is the most expensive movie not made in Hollywood, eighty million dollars. Hmm. So, at the time that yeah. it came out, at the time that it came out, and you're saying it did make that back? It made that okay. back. Yeah, uh, I think I think the total amount that it made back was 63.8 million dollars in the US hmm. but it's worldwide box office 264 million dollars hmm. so uh yeah it made its mo- it yeah. made its money so back. it did it did well it just it didn't... did well overseas but yeah. in in the United States it did not mm-hmm. do well uh so there's there's really not a whole lot of other things that are that 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 I'm really going to be that we're really going to be touching on here. Uh, this the, the production of this film was not very well documented because hmm. I don't think when it was being made anyone really knew the importance of it. Right? Hmm. Like when James Cameron makes a movie, it gets extremely well documented <laughs> because everyone knows how great James Cameron mm-hmm. is. Steven Spielberg, same thing. Luke Besson makes a movie, everyone goes, "Huh? What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like all oh, that knucklehead again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and of course, he's he's followed this movie up. Uh, I just don't think Luc Besson has ever hit the career highs that he had mm. with Leon the Professional, and then of course, I was the Fifth Element. I was hopeful when Valerian came out that it would. Be, I was very hopeful that it would be similar to this, and it has moments. That I are, did not like the casting of Dane DeHaan. The casting was not he's good. Self uh, financed. If, if you look, yeah, it, more majority of it. So, majority of so it. we talked about how how the his his love of like the Valerian comics yeah. are what inspired inspired him to to start working on the story for the fifth mm-hmm. element. So but if you if you look at like the Valerian comic books, Valerian is not a character who is any type of leading man that mm-hmm. we would associate with Hollywood today. Mm-hmm. He he very much is like a tall, little bit skinny, kind of scruffy mm-hmm. guy. I um, did actually check out some of those old comics. Yeah. I was I was curious. Yeah, and Dane DeHaan fits the description of what it is. It's yeah. just it's I think just... him as an actor, you, you look at him and you don't buy him as an action star. Just like I didn't mm-hmm. buy him as a Green Goblin. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I I don't buy him as 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 these things that are anything more than 
kind of like a dour, dumpy kid who has a bad attitude. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> like, description. <laughs> that's the I'm thing sure that, he's a nice guy. Uh, yes, yeah, but he comes off that way. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, but I, and I think that was my big problem with Valerian. Cara Delevingne. Yeah, okay, yeah. She, I thought she did a better job. Or yeah, you know, comparing the two of them, I thought she did all right um, with her role. Like it seemed like she you know tried to do something with it so um but yeah the, there was no chemistry between them and it was a, it was a big cgi mess the whole thing i think i and, and that's what i think like yeah. with valerian there's just too much going on technology got away from Luke like, Lasson. i barely was able to get through the trailer well, so like, i when, i could not when you have too much technology too much access to things it's just you know it's like the fifth element was in that sweet spot where it's like they could you he know, had they, they get, could only do so much he but, had to get creative with but what, he what had. they did it was great you know so it, it's almost like the new tim burton yeah, issues, like right? he, he always goes old school. Too Burton now. was yeah. great, you know, he because made something out of nothing. Yeah, there were but limitations. But when given on his, endless uh, money and endless mm-hmm. access, he just kind of yeah. gets like bored and put them yeah. his own self. I, I agree. Like, eh, well, whatever. I mean, just just look at the sets that were built for Edward Scissorhands, right? Which mm-hmm. is a movie I don't really like that much. We talked about that when we did it. Mm-hmm. When, 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 yeah. we, when it got brought up here uh, last season, but I don't like it that much. But the sets are it's a great looking movie, and they're all handmade or matte painted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then you flash forward, you stuff. flash forward yeah. to Dumbo, and while the same sensibilities that go into his set design, it's all there. Mm-hmm. It's still art deco. It's still art deco with a little bit of like the crown is just more like shortcuts it's a little twisted but it's cg'd the background like everything yeah. he does feels like and it feels it doesn't have that tactile it feels disingenuous feel. yeah and, and, and when you watch it and like e- even though you're not watching the movie and you're going like oh well that background lo- lo- really looks disingenuous it it subconsciously <laughs> yeah. speaks to you mm-hmm. and it just doesn't jive with yeah. what you you're expecting and, or what you would and want valerian to see. definitely suffered from that I it, would did. Say. Yeah. it did where the technology got away mm-hmm. from luke Besson, where you should have you, you almost wish he had less money so if he, he had reined in, in a little where he could have cut his own money in half yeah just because <laughs> some of the scenes are interesting and creative in certain ways uh, we talked but... about we talked about movie intros and uh chris brayton from <clears throat> i like to like things hit one of his favorite is the opening scene of valerian where it's yeah. like all these different races that come to like mm-hmm. this space station that was built by this master race mm-hmm. long ago they they all have like this this like coming to to this place and stuff and it's like a place of like peace and yeah. there's like all these like interesting introductions right. of all these different aliens and stuff like mm-hmm. that and it is it is a, a quite beautiful concept and concept stuff like. yeah but it, you know in the end like the, the the movie that's around this this great concept yeah. of 32 million worlds flimsy, on this one yeah. space station stuff it it, it doesn't it just mm-hmm. doesn't come together yeah. and it's a far cry from Fifth Element. It does, but one of the things like I, I was saying to Mark before we started recording was Luke Besson is is one movie away from like coming back mm. in a way, the way George Miller kind of did mm. after uh, after Mad Max Fury Road. All he needs is for DC or Marvel to pick him up to do one of their movies. One of their like wackier, I don't want to say you're right, but you're one of their right. wackier movies. Mm. You know, like because uh, because what they do Ant Man because what they do is they pay him. <clears throat> Like like the, the those but, properties, but I don't know, I don't know, Dave, because he he likes to do things his way. He's one of those auteurs, he is. right? So Marvel and uh, you know the, the, the big corporations are not big on that. No, you know? no, so, they're not. Um, I mean, I mean, recently uh, Benny Hoff and Weiss, the 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 showrunners behind mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, just left right. their Star Wars project mm-hmm. because of that amount yeah. of creative control. But that's what MCU does. They they bring people in who are good at what they do, mm-hmm. and they let them do their thing on a leash. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if he'd be down for that, but if he needed the money enough. If I Luke Besson needed the money, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he would do it. But I mean, like, he is, it does feel like this, like, he, even though he's a director who hasn't had a hit in a long time, he also did Lucy with Scarlett Johansson, yeah. uh, and he did Anna, which he still came has out crashed, last year. you know, he still has. 
yeah i mean he's still he's still making movies so he's still a working mm-hmm. director it's just he hasn't made anything that's that's mm. really wowed anybody in the same way that leon the professional yeah. and the fifth element did but mm-hmm. i mean just just like a boxer there's a, a puncher always has a chance there's <laughs> always back. there's always one more fight left in mm-hmm. him and i think like he he could do it he's he's one movie mm-hmm. away from from some sort of comeback now mm-hmm. If they were to do a Fifth Element sequel, because we know that's the big thing, right? Or a we, Netflix TV series. We got, we got, uh, yeah, but you won't get Bruce Willis back for that. I don't. Well, think. no. So you have same universe, Dave. You have a like, like, like right now we have Bill and Ted, which is just wrapped up filming. Bill and Ted. I'm 3. actually very excited. For I'm that. very excited <laughs> for that. You have Ghostbusters Afterlife, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. coming out in 2020. We have a a, a mountain of just long-awaited sequels that, yeah. that we've recently gotten or are going to be getting. Be careful what you wish for. Right. Like, like if they did Fifth Element 2, mm-hmm. if they came out with a sequel to it, mm-hmm. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. And would you... Die harder. <laughs> would you want to see Luke Besson directing it after seeing mm. after seeing Valerian? Now, here's where, here's my thing. I'm always for the creator to come to do their thing, you know? So, when Lucas left Star Wars, that was a big hit to me because I feel like, you know, he is, he's the one who created all this and he should be the one sticking with it. So... But there's other people um, who believe I'd rather that, see him make something that once than, you put something out there... Mm-hmm. The fans, the and, fans, and it. you know what? That's true too. But I think they're both true, and I think so. I personally would like to see him do it, even if it is a mess. At least it would be him making a mess. What if all right? The prequels are a mess, but they're George Lucas's. Let's say, right. let's say it would be Disney now, because I believe Fox is the is the one that 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 well, put out the Disney owns everything, right? So, so I, I believe it would. It would, let's say Disney goes, <laughs> you get eighty million dollars, Luke Besson, do it again. Mm. Do you think with with like remake million? it? You mean no, or, no, 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 or no. just make Sequel. a new one? Sequel. Yeah. Do I think he would do it? Would you want to see um, it? Oh, would I want to see it? Would you want to see it? Uh, do I think it would be as good? No, but I'd rather see him do it. The I thing think. is, like, yeah. Mila Jovovich, still, like, she could still do this. She role. could still do it, yeah. She could still do Bruce it. Bruce Willis could still do it, probably. <laughs> well, do I maybe. want to see it? I mean, it, maybe if you played more of a schlub, uh, you know, if it's really like years later, maybe he could do it. So I don't know. But um, I'd be interested to see it. I mean, do I think he should do it? Probably not. No. I think part of the reason, like we said, that this is so memorable and so well. You know, well beloved. It's because uh, it's a one off. It's because it's a one off. Yeah. And it's, be- yeah. it's its own thing. So, for sure. Do I think they should do it? No. That's my. But is it likely to happen, Mark? I don't know. We were we were talking about this. I'm really not sure. It's. I think it's. I it think, could happen. I think it's likely for a reboot or anything's what, possible. What what they're really, uh, you know, there's a difference between reboot and remake. If you, right. if if you go see Jay and Sound the Bob reboot, uh, <clears throat> they, they talk about the difference between reboot and remake. But I almost feel like this would be a sequel if they ever did another one for some. I would I would yeah. prefer a sequel over some sort of yeah, reboot or right. over some sort of remake. Yeah. For uh-huh. sure, for sure. Uh, all right, guys, we have a category that we got to get through for the next movie cocktail. It'll be coming out just before Christmas time, but it's not Christmas themed because I don't know. Fuck all that noise. What do I care? <laughs> bah humbug. So, Scourge. So, so this one also came from our Patreons. It, this is. 80s teen comedies so um it had to take place in the 80s but it's it's pretty loose i guess you could say because like i i someone else mentioned to me monster squad and it's like see no uh, 
that's that's like that's like all Halloween movie, and right? Are they even like, teens in that one? No, nah, I think they're kind of like they're kids, kids you know? yeah. like you know, the last Starfighter. And it's like ah, no, no, it's no, like eighties no. sci-fi. No, 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 Come on, like you know, you got to go John Hughes. You got to go yeah. right, right. Yeah. There's there yeah, is I a mean, line, but the line high can school, get gray. There's got to be a high school involved. It's a blurred line, right. but there's a line that we don't want that we don't want yeah. to cross here. Like for example, I was actually leaning more towards big, but then I realized that's more of a drama, more of an adult movie. Yeah. Also, he's like ten years old when he turns into a thirty-year-old. Yeah, he's man, a kid so. and a and an adult. At no point is there yeah, a no teenager point. in this movie. He totally skips the teenage part. Actually, that's a good point. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Loja was more of a was more of a teenager in that movie than Tom Hanks. But it was one of the that's first amazing. movies that came to my mind for some reason. Because all, right. all you guys picked all the because I was the last pick anyway. So I'm you, like, you were the last. Pick. I'm like you guys got all the good ones. All right, so yeah. Mark, since. Jay got to go first last time, <laughs> and you were in dead last last season. Now, thanks. Your comeuppance come now. Uh, for anyone who is paying attention at home, the scores are three me, two Rob, one Mark, one Jay. I don't do it for the votes, you know. I don't, I know. I don't, I'm not here for the people. I'm here for. I'm here for me. <laughs> I just like to talk about movies. That's all. <laughs> um, but so my my mind went right to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Beautiful choice. I think for whatever reason. Beautiful was, choice. It's it one of my favorites of all time, so that's probably why. Probably my number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to dissect in that movie, not only for what's going on on screen, but the possibilities of all the theories and stuff Ooh. in the background. Lots and, to talk about, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Like, did the entire city of Chicago really break out into <laughs> Twist and Shout? Like, did that really happen? Yes, it did. And it is the longest day ever, by the way. <laughs> it is the longest day ever, yeah. That's, uh, you know, me and Jay were talking about this last week when we were watching, we were watching a TV show. Oh, this is us. Mm-hmm. It takes place in Philadelphia, uh, where there was uh, teenagers who skipped school and they went and did all these things in Philly. They go from <laughs> yeah. Max's in North Philly oh. to like to to to, to the uh, Fairmount to, Park to, to, to Fairmount Park yeah. to to uh, South Philly to to the uh, to, to the Quiet <laughs> like, Garden and stuff like yeah. that. And it's like all these things Magic are Garden. spread at Magic Garden yeah. that are all spread out around the mm-hmm. city. And it's like. Well, hop, skip, and a jump. That is like, and they take the bus everywhere. That's a forty-five minute bus ride. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not. It probably happens a lot say. in movies. Actually, it does. It does. But, Where uh, like, I think John Hughes wanted to showcase Chicago a lot, and I think that's yeah. And it's just like this is what Chicago has yeah. to offer. It's everything. Check it out. Go to the art all, museum. <laughs> it's all right next to each other. It's like Wrigley Field is so far away from the but, art museum. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's all surreal, kind of like a fantasy, but. Yeah, I love that movie. Right, uh, I'll talk about it if you I'll guys talk. go for it. Uh, it is my favorite John Hughes film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same. But Same. sticking in the vein of John Hughes, I get the second pick here. I, I I think the quintessential John Hughes movie, the one that that I probably went to as a teenager most, as a teen, and probably my least favorite, Dave, is The Breakfast Club. I mean, I, it's, it's all right. It's overrated. I'm picking The Breakfast Club, and and I'm not disagreeing with you that mm. it's overrated, but when you're a teenager and you watch The Breakfast Club, there's a lot to resonate with. Did anyone fit into any of those like categories? Of yes. <laughs> really? Yes, I did. <laughs> Which one were you? I would have been a vendor. <laughs> all right. I was not a nice person okay. in high school. Maybe. All right. I was nice to friends, but I mean, I was not... I was not... Yeah. A, I was... I was both. T- I was. I was well tolerated in my <laughs> high school. I was, I was not yeah. very well liked. I was well tolerated. Well, like any John Hughes movie, there's lots of memorable scenes and some good quotes and stuff like that. So, I think so. Yeah. But yeah. but just like with with any type of teen movie, you have your archetypes, mm. and I think those archetypes were really solidified yeah. in this movie. Yeah, definitely, very much so. So I, I'm going with that because it is the the quintessential teen mm-hmm. movie. There's a lot of funny things in it, but I mean, at its core. Or it's about being misunderstood as a teenager. Mm. So, 
And I think that's why it resonated with me so much as a mm. teen. I'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. it wins, like well, how Ferris I feel, is gonna win. How so. I feel as an adult <sighs> watching it. Okay, but, what's Rob's pick? Rob's pick was Goonies, and Mark Mark is cracking his neck right now, and his knuckles. Uh, hold back. <laughs> We're allowing the Goonies, even though that is a that is an action adventure. Are movie. any of them teenagers? Yes, they are. Yes, uh, thirteen. I just don't. I just don't. <laughs> Josh Brolin is one hundred percent sixteen. Well, he's no, yeah, true. he's definitely a teenager. I just don't think of it when I think of. 80s teen comedies. But I think, that's me. That's I think me. action adventure. I put Goonies in the same type of same type of category as like Back to the Future, which is like mm, an action it's, sci-fi. Yeah. It's a you know, fair it's, argument, Mark. But since Rob is yes. you know MIA, Rob cannot defend we have himself. To let this slow. So I, I, that's why I'm not. And if that wins, if if I really didn't want to allow it, and I'd ask you guys for a vote, and Mark mm. said yes, no, no, I know you yes, would. Yeah. I, it, we would shut it mm. down. But the fact is. Are they teenagers in the movie? Yes. Mm. Was it made in the eighties? Yes. <laughs> is your humor and fun to be had in it? Yes. Is, there, is, so, okay. is it a comedy? All right. Yes. It's a romp. Okay. okay. But it's if, not traditional. Yeah. What are it's just not what movies. I would personally. Yeah. Right. It, even right. if you look up Goonies on IMDb, Uh-oh. comedy is one of the categories yeah. that is on it. So uh, we're going All to right. we're 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 going we're to going allow to allow this. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, Jay, you are the final pick. Okay, is- I'm going with Paul Brickman's Risky Business. Bum, 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 Another da, interesting da, da. choice. Hmm. Yeah, so this is a comedy. Okay. This is a fun, classic, yes. like, dreamer movie, right? Well, you was- got this kid. He's going to be home alone. To me, Tom Cruise is always, like, in his... 30s 40s i guess i, I, look, I just can't picture him as a teenager he looks weird um, i'm not gonna argue with that he does look weird as a youngster yeah it's, it's kind of like johnny though. depp johnny depp looks really really young in the 80s too like and, he has this weird look about and him just like you as a teenager he fucks rebecca de mornay on a subway mm. <laughs> just is, like jay just like jay just like jay yeah <laughs> jay had a uh, jay had the exact same experience with rebecca de mornay <laughs> with the same music <laughs> the, same, the same lighting <laughs> Just take it's those phenomenal. old records off the shelf. <laughs> anyway, I got the same glasses, the same sunglasses. Too, yeah. Tangerine Dream, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. it. No, it's 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 a great pick, and it definitely is a teen and not talked about enough. It's I really think. not, yeah. You know, definitely. So let's let's do it. Vote for risky business. <laughs> All right. So those are our picks for the next category of movie cocktail. I will post the poll up on our Twitter, so make sure you follow us on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. You'll be able to vote in the poll. And choose which one of these four movies you would like us to make a movie cocktail for. Mark, where can everyone find you, buddy? They can find me at Cult Movie Cult. And speaking of one-offs, we are doing a series about one-hit wonders in the world of cult cinema. And we are, next episode about to drop is about Return to Oz, which is a very singular and interesting film it is uh also on disney plus streaming right now mm. uh, that's right yep so i timely there we go i wanted to be- <laughs> I did be- it on purpose <laughs> before jay drops our facebook and instagram you know comments and stuff like that for people to follow us there you and i were talking about your one hit wonders and i yes. was like uh toby hooper because i i just recently mm. assigned jay a movie homework for for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. 1974, with, mm-hmm. one of my faves, Toby one of my faves. and I asked about Toby Hooper whether whether he would be considered. But you reminded me he directed Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre too, too. Uh, and then a couple B movies yeah. in late 80s and early mm-hmm. 90s. But I mentioned to you that I did not watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. I mm-hmm. have now seen it. You've seen it. I have now seen it. We're gonna get the live reaction. What from, a from fucking <laughs> wacky ride, dude! What? It's crazy, right? It is. Dude, it is insane. It is so different. It's mm-hmm. hard. To, it's it's. Almost, it had to be intentional. How different it is! I mean, it's you know, you so know, over the top. you know who made it this different, right? Who's it? Gollum and Globus. 
our good friends over at Canon Films. This was oh, a Canon yeah. movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. This has Gallon, Gallon and Globus's mm. fucking stamp all <laughs> over it. Yeah. The fact that we watched, uh, you know, that the, the, the documentary for them, mm. Canon, the, the Canon Films documentary, yeah. and this movie was not mentioned in there is amazing, absolutely yeah. ridiculous to me. It's a ride, man. It's there wild. is a moment where he climaxes while humping his, mm. his chainsaw while thrusting it towards a woman's privates. Yeah. yeah. And that, that scene goes on for three minutes. <laughs> You also get Dennis Hopper, yeah, uh, wielding a chainsaw. Two, two, of, two of them. Sorry, he has two, two of them chainsaws, at once. Yes. But he also has another one strapped across his back in case one <laughs> of those ones case. run yeah. out of fuel. With which, for that alone, it's worth seeing. It, it's, <laughs> could not be more different than the first uh, first Texas Chainsaw. But yeah, it's it's a but movie. still hashtag me too. But still, <laughs> have you seen it, Jay? Playing chase? No. He has no. not. Okay, hey, w- w- look, make Jay watch that movie. We're gonna make him watch. That's well, gonna be the, some homework the fir- for you. No, the, the first one. <laughs> we're gonna watch the original. Watch the original and then. And then watch that one. Well, yeah. it'll be something. But goddamn, <laughs> that, that has to be a Patreon paid thing. <laughs> Texas, <laughs> for me. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. That was a fucking <laughs> wacky game show. Oh boy, <laughs> what what can you even say about that movie? It's just yeah, it, crazy. it like I, it was weird because it it's almost in this House of a Thousand Corpses vein. Well, where Bill Mosley was in it exactly. Yeah. It's this, it's this big like House of a Thousand Corpses vein where it's like. It's this touch of sick, sadistic comedy mm. but that leaves you feel uneasy, but also with this weird sense of laughter and joy that <laughs> yeah. goes along with it. Like it's and still it's like, technically a horror movie, but right? It, like it is some frightening moments in there, but yeah, I actually saw it with Bill Mosley in uh, in Philly. Oh. They, were sh- they were showing it on film, and I was really glad I went to that because he's a really good Q and A person, apparently. <laughs> so if you you know check out Cult Movie Cult because you might get inspired by me. Reach out to Mark. You have an Instagram. Mark. Yes, Instagram. Uh, it's all Cult Movie Cult, uh, and I'm actually posting on there more now and trying to use it a lot more. So, yeah. so yeah, reach along with your Twitter and uh, yeah, Twitter yeah. and Facebook as well. Reach out to Mark there. Have some discussions about movies, and maybe yeah. you will get inspired to watch something as well. Absolutely. Jay, where can people follow you on Instagram and Facebook? Hit me up on Instagram at Super Movie Bros and also on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast. And of course, uh, if you enjoy Super Movie Brothers, maybe uh, give our Patreon a try. You know, what do you say? You know, give us a Christmas present. Head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. Join our Patreon for just $1. You can get the additional content that we have available over there. We have different tiers for, for different levels. So if you pledge $5, you get a little bit more. You pledge $10, you get a little bit more. You pledge $15, you get a little bit more. And then, of course... Our show is only made possible by listeners like you. So if you do not have the funds to join the Patreon, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more seen the show becomes, the more seen it becomes, the more popular it becomes, the more popular it becomes, the more people join the Patreon, the more people join the Patreon, the more richer me and Jay get money, 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 hubba, 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 who are you going to trust? I want to thank all you guys for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. We're so broke.
You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Mark's gonna give me a mic check. I wanna hear a mic check. Okay. <clears throat> mic check. One, two, one, two. And when I look in your eyes, I get a mic check from Jay. I did it my way. 